1: Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have holistic health educator Leanne Phillips to talk about her experience with reducing toxicity in your garden. Leanne is an inspired advocate for creating clean, deeply nourishing foods and extends this into a full organic lifestyle. Over the last six years, she has brought the message of simplicity and stability in our choices of environment, foods, and lifestyle. This has taken the form of empowering health classes and activities. These classes include organic gardening, the wisdom of using pure essential oils, raw vegan foods, structured water and hydration, pet remedies, weight and emotional balance techniques. She has also shared her knowledge about organic living environments that include touches of permaculture and natural building. Leanne is a living example of a person focused on organic living. She actively coaches people who are ready to live an organic and balanced lifestyle while recognizing one size does not fit all, Welcome to the show today, Leanne.
1: Oh, hi, Greg. It's, it's great to be here, and this is these are subjects that I absolutely love to share with people.
0: Fantastic. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path that you took to get where you're at today?
1: Well, there, there were some things that happened, and... and There were some things about maybe seven, eight years ago where I went to a course called Awaken the Dreamer, Uh Change the Dream. It's like a symposium. Right. And it kind of reminded me of some things that I already knew. But what really stuck with me is that in America, we are 3% of the world's population and consume almost 30% of the world's resources. (laughs) And to boot, are not all that happy and not all that healthy. Right. So when you're looking at what people are living, it really doesn't make sense. So the awareness and uh, look at reconfiguring what's here and willingness to actually reprogram ourselves. You know, we've been told that this, 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 is, this is what we're supposed to do, and then we get this, this, and then we're supposed to be happy. Well, it really isn't working in this society.
2: <laughs> yeah, think?
1: So I'm looking at supporting people and creating environments that actually help people to see through the maze, see through the smoke, and actually go to living more organically, living more naturally, and in ways that are comfortable and nourishing, and and so that uh, your your whole environment and you start to transform.
0: Fantastic. So. What do you consider some of the best ways to maintain your health?
1: Oftentimes, people, you know, focus on their foods, which is great. It's, it's great that they focus on their foods. I coach people with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What hasn't had as much recognition, and part of the reason I brought this class up, is that people don't understand the toxicity in the environments mm. that they're living inside their homes and outside right. their homes and what they're handling. So when you consider all that and then you look past that, I mean, when I, when I work with people, I look past that to what is their emotional level of toxicity oh. as well.
0: Interesting. Say more, say more about that. What do you mean their emotional level of toxicity?
1: Well, oftentimes, the more people are in these modern environments, chaotic environments, they become very disconnected from center And it's almost like their thoughts tend to get very reactive. They operate on a fight-or-flight system, Mm -hmm. which is reaction. They're not in a place of centered observation. Therefore, it becomes harder and harder for them to calm down. Oh, yes. It becomes harder and harder for them to feel nourished by anything around them. So they become rather disconnected, and that's to varying degrees what many people are living here.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yes.
1: So what I'm looking at is I'm talking about organic lifestyles and the fact that, yes, you start with your foods. But then you go to look at what have I been programmed to believe? What do I have in my environment that is actually quite toxic so that I look at my environment? And I'm currently dismantling my environment. Uh Um, My home is for sale.
2: Oh, wow. And
1: um, once my home... I'm going to be getting a piece of property and starting a whole ecological village that's a training center for self-reliance and holistic living.
2: Wow, cool.
1: Um, so in, in focusing on that, I've had, um, in the meantime, what helped to bring me to that point was for four years, I ran a wolfing program, which, as you know, has nothing to do with wolves. It, it <laughs> has to do with worldwide opportunities on organic farms. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Um, volunteer programs, Um, so each season um, I would have people volunteer and come in, and we created an ecological earthen building during that process. Uh In doing that program for four years, I realized that there were so many aspects of working with this type of program that I really enjoyed, but that I really wanted to kind of create something with a little bit different format than what I had been doing. But with the same idea, you are, people are coming in and learning healthful, holistic practices and building practices. And so, we did actually constru- construct um, a cob uh, building. Oh wow! Um, it's a small building, but uh-huh. um, we did actually construct that over that four-year period of time, and it was a big learning experience for me. And now, through that four years of learning. I am starting to create the plans for something that I feel will be very, very fruitful and very, very Mm -hmm. worthwhile and be of service for everyone.
0: Right. Sweet. Okay, good, so that's your future ahead. So how do we wrap this into gardening and growing food?
1: Well, one of the things as a health educator that I often will talk to people about in my raw foods classes and sometimes in other classes is that the food that we're eating is very, very lacking in not only nutrients, um, it's lacking in vital energy
2: because Mm. it's been
1: stored and treated the way it's been treated. Mm -hmm. It's been put in EMF fields. It's been put in the refrigerator. And when I'm talking about environments, I'm talking about the food that you have setting up a system where you're actually going to be having your own earth-sheltered greenhouse where you go in and you pick your food and you eat it, oftentimes you're not storing anything. Wow. I mean, I, you're not storing a lot of things. Right. I mean, you're, you're going to get some surplus of your crops here and there. So that's what we, we're, we're talking about from the standpoint of food. And then I, going from there, you know, I'm looking at how not to have some of the com- most common toxins that people have in their gardens and don't realize just how much that affects them.
0: All right, like what?
1: Well, for example, one of the biggest culprits in that is the garden hose.
0: I've heard this before.
1: The garden hose, depending on the brand, and it will all vary, contains anything from mercury, which I've actually seen on some of the hose labels, to lead, to multiple other toxic chemicals. So essentially people, when they turn it on, Mm-hmm. and it touches your hand and any part of your body and goes into the ground, it is now putting all those chemicals into your soil that you're growing, you're trying to grow organically Organic in yep. and getting it on your skin so it's now absorbing into your body. I kind of warn people a little bit because some of the most common drinking water hoses are these white things that you get for RVs. Uh-huh. Well, I've bought those before, and... What happens with the brands that I bought, and I think that it's probably through multiple brands, is that they just coat the hoses. They don't actually make them completely drinking water safe. And after about one year's time, that coating Coating in this heat wears off, so it's no better than any other hose. I did find, and people can contact me about bulk orders if they want, because I know some ways to do bulk orders a product called Gatorhide, which was a much better hose. I haven't researched a lot of the other ones, that's just the one that I chose and the one that I use.
0: What was the name of it? Uh,
1: uh, Gatorhide, it's a drinking water safe hose Mm. and it seems to hold up reasonably well because I've had quite a few of them for a number of years.
0: Wow, Gatorhide.
1: Gatorhide, like a gator, alligator.
0: Mm. Oh, gator, got it, all right, cool.
1: Like like the gator. So that was one of my first things in talking to people um, about that. The other thing is to be really, really cautious about not using paint and other finishes on the wood that Let's... you're putting on your garden beds. Okay. Most paint really shouldn't be in your garden yeah. just because of what's in it. And oftentimes people will use linseed oil. Um, Unfortunately, most all linseed oil has been treated with different types of metals.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: It has toxic compounds in it. And granted, it's cheap, but I like to encourage people to not go there. What I'm looking at referring people to, and this actually works better and lasts longer, is 100% pure tongue oil. It does a much better job sealing the wood. It will not go rancid. It does not mildew. It has better waterproofing qualities. And it is more expensive, but you'll get more out of it. Did
0: you say tongue oil?
1: Tongue oil, but it needs to be 100% pure tongue oil, not a tongue oil finish.
0: Oh, got it, right.
1: Because you can go online and see all sorts of tongue oil things and they're not actually pure tongue oil. Mm-hmm. They've been mixed with different solvents, and it's really not that much better than the boiled linseed oil. I, I got one one time. It's called Master's Blend, which I thought was pretty good. But there, there's other brands out there that are actually 100% pure tongue oil. Wow. Another one that I'm going to touch on right now, and then we can kind of go on from there, is um, Burlap. Oh, right. Um Burlap is most of the time, not always, most of the time, been treated with some really toxic chemicals.
2: Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Everything from latex-based polymers to um, there's some practices, and I don't know how prevalent it still is, but it used to be sometimes they dip it in diesel fuel. Oh, nice. I mean, there was all copper sulfate. Um, There's multiple things that have been used. Now, burlap itself is just jute. It's, it's fine on its own, but a lot of the burlaps, and you can even smell some of them, you can smell an oddness to it. And that isn't the jute. It's a treatment that they do. Mm, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you're getting burlap, look at seeing you can find some that has no smell, <laughs> virtually no smell. It right. doesn't just smell like jute twine or um, find something that's been labeled untreated.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, is um, that possible to find that?
1: Well, it is. You can find it. You can find it online. Sometimes you pay more for it, but, you know, it is out there. Uh Uh-huh. But there again, you know, depending on how far you want to take it, you know, these are toxic substances that you wrap your trees with and do other things in your garden with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You also mentioned in our pre-talks shade screen.
1: Right. What happens with the common plastic, Type shade screens, mm-hmm. is that over time, they actually decompose. Oh, um, yes. They're outgassing in the environment from day one, but as they get older and older and older, I've put my nose to some shade screens and smelled some really bad smells coming off of some older ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just something to be aware of when I do my ecological village I'm actually going to either go to different types of metal shade or metal mesh, depending on the application that I need. Right. Eventually, just discontinue those because I know what, as they sit there, they're just going to create more toxicity in the environment. And I'm looking to create an environment that doesn't have things outgassing in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, and you can always grow shade.
1: Yes, that is the other thing to look at. And, and I did take a permaculture design course a while back. And Fantastic. that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I have implemented that in different things. I do take care of a garden for um, a restaurant just off of Carefree Highway. And I have been planting a lot of trees because people don't realize that without the shade, um, your environment <laughs> not only is hotter in the summer, but it actually is colder in the winter. Interestingly enough, especially if you right. just plant deciduous trees, to have the structures of the trees there um, is really beneficial.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What else in the garden do we want to avoid?
1: Well, the other thing that I've seen people use, because they don't know what else to use, is that blue liquid in their ponds. Oh. And I had an instance. Um, it's copper. It's copper. Bases, um, right. basically, quite, quite toxic, you know. And it says on it that, oh, you can put it in with fish. Well, you don't want to harm your fish that way. They're much,
2: <laughs> much,
1: heavily stressed in that environment. So, at the there was a pond in the back of the restaurant that I maintained the garden at, and they had been throwing that blue liquid in there for a while. And I and I went to them and I said, I'd like to try this. <laughs> And they approved it. I said, I want to put in a structured air aeration system in this pond.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yes. And basically what that is, is I work with structured water units. Uh Uh-huh. And they're manufactured in Arizona. And what they are is as air or water passes through them, it changes the different angles in the compounds it basically restructures and clears negative memory from them. And so when, you, when you're working with structured air, you have air that's more oxygenated.
2: Uh-huh. It's
1: cleaner. So when I put it together with a pump and regular sandstone aerators, I have my pump, my air pump, right. going through to my structured unit, Right, And then it's coming out, and then it's going into an aeration, which is in the pond. Wow. So I put that together as my, my first experiment, and what happened was I ran it most of the day in the beginning. hmm Within about a month, it took a little while, within about a month, I was seeing the water get clearer and clearer, because you couldn't even see the fish in this pond, and it's only like three feet deep. Wow. Um, because it was so murky-looking. So what was happening is the, the water was getting clearer and clearer and clearer and you could see all the stuff settling to the bottom and all of a sudden, you know, as, we, as the weeks and months went on, it got so clean looking, it was like this pure looking pond with all these cute little goldfish roaming around that you couldn't hardly tell were there at all before.
2: <laughs>
0: wow.
1: And what I ended up doing is after it comes to a place of balance, in other words, where the water clears out, you can turn it down very far because you have the structured air going through that. Uh-huh. So it doesn't need to run that many hours of the day. It only needs to run a short time of the day. It's on a timer. And now it's maintained beautifully. The pond. It's, it's just, you know, it stayed clear. It stayed beautiful. Wow. No more of that icky blue stuff anymore. No more toxic so, you know, I'm I'm very, um, I'd be very grateful to show people how to do that in a pond. And mm-hmm. it's it, it's the same, I mentioned aquaponics, it's the same type of idea with aquaponics. You can enhance um, your aeration system using the structuring unit and not have to run your pump system near as much and save all that electricity and get a better result.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So this yeah. notion of, so I have to admit, um, you know, I'm an experimenter, absolutely, mm-hmm. but I'm also a bit of a skeptic, especially around this whole notion of structured water, but now you're throwing mm-hmm. in this whole notion of structured air. So yeah. say more a little bit about that because we've been seeing, and I'm not in any way involved of, of selling or sharing about structured water, structured air, but from, mm-hmm. from the research I've been doing, there's actually been, it's working. Mm-hmm. So, can you say more about that process? What it looks like, and how it might well,
1: work? Right, because the structuring of water or air is what nature does. Mm-hmm. Nature does it by flowing water through rivers and streams, and tr- mm-hmm. twisting and turning at all these different angles, and flowing over specific elements. Right? It does it? Rainwater is structured. Everybody, I, almost everybody, has probably noticed that after rain, the plants just go crazy.
2: Oh,
0: yes.
1: You know, there's humidity in there, but it isn't just that. It's that the, the rainwater itself is structured, and there's also the negative ions mm-hmm. that, that are coming through as well. So it's multiple things. But the rainwater itself, through that process of evaporation and coming back down again, is structured. So and
0: when you say structured, you mean that something happens to it?
1: Right. It goes through a hydrologic cycle, and in that hydrologic cycle, it goes through all the things that create structuring, which is movement. Wow. It twists and turns, um, back and forth, through certain elements. That's what creates structuring. It is movement. So a structuring unit is designed to create a very, very swift vortex-type technology mm-hmm. in a short time period in a short space. I mean, some of the right. structuring units are only eight inches long. So you've got the benefits. I mean, I found out about that early on that it creates oxygenation and that water will not breed bacteria very easily oh, interesting. once it's been structured. Yeah. Wow.
0: Fantastic.
1: It's very, very important for the health of a garden.
0: Got it. So uh, you, you you actually sell these units, yes? You have available yes, information? Yes, I do. I've,
1: I've, I've had one on my house for six years, so I've had... And I've had a lot of people work with them and see the results. So I decided after that that wow. it just made sense because I'm ecologically based. I have a unit on my house that I've not had to do one thing to in six years. Uh huh. So it's a lifetime unit that requires no maintenance. Wow. So from a sustainability standpoint, uh-huh. this is the best thing that I've ever come up with to improve the quality of water. Because you don't have to buy anything again. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, I'm, I'm looking to create the least impact possible and get the highest result.
0: Cool. So if somebody wanted to find out about these, where do they find out about them?
1: You could contact me and you can also go to my website. What's which that? Is LifeEA.com. It's the word life, L-I-F-E, and then e a. Dot com. It's the abbreviation for Life Energy Awakenings.
0: Perfect. Fantastic. So I'm yes, going to... And they can go ahead.
1: contact me through the site or through my email if they'd like, which is energytouch10 at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. So I'm going to I'm gonna shift a little bit here, and I want, I want to talk about a time you failed and how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it.
1: Well, I can... Feel that there was multiple times when I was doing the wolfing program mm-hmm. that there was turbulence because people were staying in my home. I didn't have any other buildings. Oh right. Um, so when I had people that I was sharing my space with, and feeling like there were times when I wasn't um, being clear enough in my communication. Right. Um, and there were times that I was complicating things too much.:
0: Oh, interesting,-huh.
1: So I, what I've learned, and that created a lot of turmoil at different times, and I learned through doing the program for four years, I, I need what I needed to revamp within myself.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, huh?
1: Right. And then at the same time, I became much clearer about the people that I had in my house. Um, because certain people were draining. Oh, yes. So to create a healthier boundary about who was here, as well as a healthier boundary about looking at how I react and respond and set up my own things here.
0: Perfect. So what do you consider your biggest success?
1: I consider one of my biggest successes that I did the wolfing program for four years and that I feel like I'm just going to continue because I could see – all the beauty in it.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's let's define woofing just a little bit. G- give us a thirty-second. What is woofing?
1: wolfing is worldwide opportunities on organic farms. Uh-huh. I was listed on woofingusa.org. I <clears throat> had my farm, my projects listed because I didn't have a major plant growing thing, but I had ecological projects and health classes.
0: Right. Perfect.
1: People would contact me, I would interview them, and then I would decide if it was a good fit um, from doing that. And this is programs that are worldwide, Mm -hmm. and um, once I reestablish myself at another location, most likely I will reestablish my... I'm I'm not currently on the site right now because I'm in between. I will reestablish that, but it's a great opportunity, but people... I've heard all sorts of stories from volunteers coming in here saying they had a great experience here, they had a horrible experience here, and, you know, and all the things that they learned from it and right. the ones that continued to go.
0: Fantastic, so let's, I'm gonna go big picture. I love asking this question, what drives you? What's your big why?
1: My big why is that I know inside my heart that it's time for myself and humanity to give back more than we take. Mm. And that means ecologically, um, I currently have plans for buildings that don't need to be heated or cooled, greenhouses that shouldn't need to be heated or cooled, simplifying down ecological living to make it make sense and doable, yeah. so that the end result is that I'm pulling very little off of modern, modern society
2: right.
1: and giving back a lot. So I I feel like it's time for myself to do that and for me to help other people create that duplication model of that way of living and way of thinking.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what projects are you currently working on?
1: Well, I have one project that's in the works that will start probably, it's, it's planned somewhat, but it's probably gonna start in February. I'm gonna do an underground, partially underground room um, I'm going to see wow. how I can make a room work in this area in the summer without any cooling. So I've been wanting to do that project for a while because I know that it's just a matter of adjustment. Yes. So I'm gonna, we're probably going to be starting that project in February, and I'm open to having volunteers
0: nice. come to
1: help do this because it's going to be an eclectic mix of building materials that I happen to have on hand. Oh, good. For the most part. Yeah. So it's going to be approximately 14 feet by 17 feet. It's not going to be huge, but it's not going to be tiny either. Super. Yeah.
0: How deep are you going?
1: There's a partial hillside there. So I'm digging into the hillside. So I'm not actually moving as much dirt as you'd think. Um, I'm digging into the hillside, putting it into the hillside and then pulling some of the dirt off the sides, and oh, then the south face is going to have some windows for winter warming. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be underground, but not buried typically, because I'm going into the side where you know some of it. It's, I, I, you'd have to see a picture. Perfect. So it isn't like digging completely in the ground. It's, right. It's part of it's already low already, and I'm building up soil around, around it. it. And, oh, cool. Right. Perfect. So, and it happens to be a nice location as well. It's, it's got some trees there.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So what f- one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: If there's a way that you know of for you personally to... Let your mind go and step into your heart and spend time in nature and look at deprogramming yourself from anything that isn't your true divine wisdom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because the way that we're living right now is not in alignment with true divine wisdom and harmony. And once you start to acknowledge that, you can make the steps, to do something, to recreate something very beautiful.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Okay. So you've got several things that you do, and, and people can find out about you by going to your website. What's your website?
1: It is life, L I F E A dot com. It's life energy awakenings. Perfect. So it's life with an extra E and an A dot com. Um, People can also email me at energy, E-N-E-R-G-Y, touch, T-O-U-C-H, 1-0, at gmail.com. I am also at the Roadrunner Park Farmer's Market.
0: Oh, very good. That's in Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Correct. It's 36th Street in Cactus. It's every Saturday, um, but I'm not there every Saturday because my schedule doesn't allow it. Uh But you can check my calendar online. But it's um, Saturdays currently eight to one, and I am going to be there, you know, usually twice a month.
0: Perfect, perfect. So give us, give me a thirty second rundown of you got structured water. So what else?
1: Uh, Structured water. I also work with. Essential oils, which you can use also to reduce toxicity in your body and your environment,
2: uh-huh.
1: and we have lots of classes—health classes, raw foods classes. Um, there's there's a lot of things that I do. Everything from emotional release classes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that people can start to re- clear themselves and start to refocus. And I have the at the farmers market. I have sprouts and wheatgrass and a display. And we do drum circles um, periodically at my home.
0: Perfect. Uh,
1: as well, so there's there's community events, but that's that's on my calendar. On the website, I do um, organic gardening classes um, periodically as well.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing your experience around urban farming and so much other stuff.
1: Okay, you are so welcome, Greg.